It has been one year since Bimmy and Jimmy defeated the movie boys. Has it? Yes. <laughs> I, I, you like how I just launched into it, even though we were just having a casual chat beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Kind of surprised you there, people. You did. You caught people me off hear guard. you saying, "Damn it!" While you're trying to do something on the other end. Um, no, they won't. I because I actually, I, I was just thinking to myself, I'm going to edit that out. Good man. <laughs> so they're going to have no idea what I was damning. Double, double tracking it, isn't it? That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So. You won't hear Conrad fucking up whatever he was fucking up. Excellent. <laughs> Welcome to the spin-off, Doctors. I'm your host, Jim Sterling, and your other host over there is Conrad Zimmerman. He's a movie Hello. boy, just like me. Yes, Hello, I Conrad. Am. How are you, sir? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I said I'm all right a lot because i got nothing to follow this sentence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I little, can see how that could happen. A little discombobulated, out of that, sorts. I don't that, know why. I just suddenly started recording and realized, shit, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got, got, I got nothing for this dance. You hadn't. You had not prepared a, a a witty, clever double dragon reference to kick the show off. Yeah. Well. Well. Bimmy and Jimmy. It's been one year since Bimmy and Jimmy defeated the movie boys. Is a double dragon reference. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But I had a better one. I actually had a better one pre-planned and then forgot it. Bimmy and Jimmy defeat the movie. That was my backup plan. Uh huh. I had another one. Another one that, in fairness, I if I. Re- I rec- the one thing I recall is it, it had nothing to do with Double Dragon. It was just a fun thing that I was going to do. But well, now I've been fine. I'm going to try yeah. and remember it for next time. Although, I mean, it'll be 14 days from now, so... And, and next time we might, you know, the movie could have all sorts of opportunities. Could know? be, could be, could be. We could have something thematic. Exactly. You know. Wow, we've really, we've dicked yeah. around for a good, like, minute and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've just been talking about ourselves, uh, which is good. That's fun for that's fun for all the family. Um, what are we talking about today? Double Dragon. Yes, yes. Double Dragon. Double Dragon. Uh, oh, 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 I am excited to talk about this one. I rewatched it again this morning. First time I've watched it since I was working at Destructoid. Like it was an it's an entire era that's gone by. Well, two eras that have gone by since I last saw this film, and it's. Not changed. <laughs> it's exactly the same movie it was when you watched it those years ago. Yeah, yeah, all the dialogue's still there. Same that, actors. That's comforting, in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping the cast would be all entirely women and they'd ruin the legacy of the first one, but no. Still the same. <laughs> still the same. No no legacy ruined. And, and what a legacy. And what a legacy, yes. What a legacy. Robert Patrick, at his best... Let's let's not beat around the bush. Let's forget Terminator Two and anything else he's done, like striptease. I don't know. The X Files. The X Files. This is Robert Patrick. This is the creme de la Patrick. This is the very best Robert Patrick you'll ever find. He puts his heart and soul into it. I feel that he does. Uh, no, I, I I think you're right. I, I agree. F- I feels very similar to Raul Julia in Street Fighter. Robert Patrick did his best. And kind of, like he did, he did his best to make the movie enjoyable. Well, we we should talk about Double Dragon as a, a game. We, thing. I'm getting ahead of us. I'm getting ahead a little of bit. Us. Yeah, um, mainly because I I didn't really play. Like I'm a big fan of beat 'em ups and brawlers. Like mm-hmm. that's my thing. You know, it's why I'm a big fan of Dynasty Warriors. Is because that was kind of a, a, an evolution of that idea. Sure, um, that's just taking it into a three D space, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've people often shit on me for saying that that 
in my estimation, Dinosaurus was just like a natural evolution from Golden Axe. Um, and I still stand by it. I still uh, yeah, I agree that with that. Is. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. We should do a porn. I'm sorry, does that have something... That just sort of came out of... I'm just saying, one. there, there are many video game-based pawns. Oh, 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 we, we should, should do, do a, a pawn one week. Not oh, yeah. This, not next time. We're doing Need for Speed next time. We could probably um, do... <laughs> we could probably do, like, four or five pawns in an episode. We could. So there is a lollipop chainsaw one that's very easy to get hold of. Um, what was I saying? We should uh, do a porn. Yeah, you were saying we should do a porn, but you were talking about uh, your <laughs> la- relative lack of experience with the Double Dragon franchise. Yes, as much as I like beat-em-ups, Double Dragon, for some reason, I never played much of. Um, mm-hmm. The only one I have real... Like, I've, I've, I've gone back and played, like, the original Double Dragon and um, the, that, that remake that happened a while back. Um, not Neon, I'm talking about the, the other one that was on Xbox Live Arcade. Oh. I've been meaning to play fucking Neon, but I, I haven't got around to it. It's got Skeletor as the bad Really? Guy. You've not played Neon? I know, right? It's, oh, you're, It's annoying that I haven't. You're missing out on a real treat. That's, I know. That's a great game. I think that's the best Double Dragon game ever made, really. Um, I, I played... I played them. Uh, the, yeah. the, the early ones. The, the arcade version was always something that, you know, I really wanted to play a lot, but obviously you know, quarters and money and being a kid, and that wasn't happening sure. a whole lot. Um, I had friends who had the NES version, and and that was fun. It was it was, it was was fun because it was uh, one of the games that you could play two-player simultaneous, and there weren't a lot of those in those early days of uh, sure. the NES and so forth. So that was, it was a, a fun thing to do with friends uh, who had game consoles that we went, whenever I, we'd get together and, and play on NES. That was something that was often turned to. But it was uh, always really kind of a, a hard game. And uh, I, I don't recall ever beating it as a kid. I had the Commodore 64 version of the, the first sequel. And I played that a lot, and I might have beaten that once. But the games were really hard, and they aren't that good in hindsight. You look back, and they're really simplistic, and you look at some of the other games that have come along inspired by them, you know, your, your River City Rampage and so forth. Um, and those are way better games and way more interesting to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, uh, I, I don't think Double Dragon's a particularly good series in terms of its content up until now, Neon. Neon's a really, really good game. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it. I've I've seen it played on live streams and the like. Mm-hmm. It looks fucking fantastic. I just never got round to doing it. It was just one of those ones that just kept kept evading me. Yeah. Um, I say it as if it was doing anything. Like I just, I never got round to doing it, uh, which is a failing of mine because it looks like I fucking adore the thing. Um, the only Double Dragon game I ever played with to to any great degree of of of, of time was um, Double Dragon Battletoads or, or Battletoads and Double Dragon. Oh, I completely forgot there was that crossover. The crossover, yeah, I played that one quite a, a fair bit. Um, because it was the only one I had as a kid. We 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 just had it, so I played it. Uh, it was all right. It was mm-hmm. all right. I mean, neither Battletoads nor Double Dragon, I think, in the olden days were, were that great. No, um, that, that one came about at a time when brawlers um, were sort of operating at the peak of their powers, I would say, um, in that the design was starting to get kind of interesting, and then it stopped for a long time. <laughs> 
Like, I don't know if it was just you can't do that too much with can't do too many things with not enough buttons or if people hadn't just figured out the idea of hey timing combos can be fun but there was a a, a period of about I would say almost 10 years where the brawler didn't evolve much and you had a lot of them coming out you had games uh, like there was a spider-man series that was pretty good with the um, Car Maximum Carnage was one of them, and, sure, and there was yeah, Separation yeah. Anxiety, and there were X Men games. Like there were. Good... I remember the X. I remember an X Men one that I played. Fair there bit. were good brawlers out there. I mean, they were fun to play, but there wasn't a whole lot interesting going on in terms of their mechanical evolution. They were just becoming visually more interesting, yeah. and that was carrying it, which is was, was fine. But you go it's back. Like a lot of shooters today, really. Yeah, yeah. But you go back and look at those games, and you're like, there's not a lot here, really. No. Um. So it's it's I'm kind of glad that that died off, and now we're starting to see it sort of re-explored as a genre in uh, in, in in indie games, really. Yeah, well, uh, I think it was Castle Crashers that was like the first big one that brought the idea of them back and added right. lots of character unlocks and combos and leveling and all this stuff to try and keep it fresh and interesting. And, um, it, and Double Dragon Neon's a great example. There's another yeah. really good one on Steam that I like called Devil's Dare. Which is it's it's a two button NES style brawler that still manages to have some nuance and depth that you might not be expecting from it. Cool. Really, really fun if you get a chance to check that out. It's it's uh, sprite arty stuff, right. so you know, but fun. I like that one. I'm yeah, surprised so that Sega, for all of its all of its um, shit, all of its bullshit, right. uh, has never gone back to the streets of Ragewell. That is odd. And Capcom with Final Fight, like they they've left that one to to kind of linger as well. When a, a, a rehash of them released digitally, you know, released on PSN, Xbox Live Arcade, or and, and Steam would do well, I think. We, you know, in a post Castle Crash as well. The, well, you know, in Guacamelee we did have, and all this stuff. We did have um, some of that coming back through re-releases. Like Sega did their re-releases of. Streets of Rage. Oh, they've done re-releases, sure. And things like yeah, that. But, uh, but not a, like a Sega Classics thing, which was, I, I think that's the name of the, uh, around the 2000s, they tried to revamp a whole bunch of their franchises with, uh, like, different gameplay modes, and, and I can't remember what it was called, but they had a whole line of them, and most of them only came out in Japan. Uh, but I don't think they ever tried Streets of Rage with that. That's weird. No love for the Streets of Rage. That's, no love that's for kind of sad. I mean, I, I guess the kangaroo could have been a clue that they just yeah. didn't give a shit anymore. I mean, even even Altered Beast got a fucking remake. Right, yeah. A, a yeah, reimagining in... Um, that was part of that... Like uh, the early 2000s. That yeah. run, yeah. Only, didn't come out in the US, that one. Did come out in Europe, and I was living in Europe at the time. And I was like, why, why does Sega hate Europe? <laughs> why has this happened to us now? <laughs> Seriously, like, I can't... I cannot begin to describe how just utterly abhorrent the, the Altered Beast release was. I long wanted to play it because I have a sick fascination That's with Altered Beast. so bad. Well, Altered Beast was never good. No, no. I mean, the, the, I think we, we've all reached a point now where we're all comfortable and safe in saying that Altered Beast was never good. No. It, it, it's it was, a shit game. It was, it was good... To a 10-year-old who had no fucking idea what a good video game actually was. 
Oh yeah, if you got a Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis back in the day, and that was the very first game you ever played on it, you'd be impressed. And then the moment someone popped Sonic in, you'd go, what was that shit I was playing ten minutes ago? Well, and the arcade uh, version of Altered Beast looked good, at least. Yeah. You know, it, it, and, it, and it had that digitized speech, which at the time sounded better than any digitized... It wasn't the first one to use it, but it certainly sounded far better than any of the other ones up to that point. That rise from your grave, that's what stuck out in your memory, and it had that great... Mu- there were things about that game that were great, but actually playing it, it's dog shit. Dog sure, shit! Sure, But, you know, we're talking about all these other brawlers. Yes. And we yes. should probably be talking about Double Dragon. Yes, we should. In fact, um, I mean, I've said all I care to say. Yeah, about, about the games. I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not there's not a lot of story depth to them. There's not a lot to cling on to. I don't think the games are great until Neon. I think that pretty much sums it up. Bimmy and Jimmy. Bimmy and Jimmy, and the and and punching women in the stomach. Absolutely, a, a, a long time um, favorite hobby of people. <laughs> I don't know where I, th- I was. I was thinking maybe I'll go political with that, and then realize I had nothing. There's so no political nothing of value with that. to say. Mm. To, to say. Um, so let's just get on with the plot of the film. Double Dragon, starring Robert Patrick and no one else. We begin with voiceover, because, thank God. It's back! It's back, people! The voiceover explanatory prologue is... Yeah, that's what... I, that's, I was, that's... Again, like with the satire in the last section, you trying got to come up with something, some, like... Excellent buzz term for it. I got nothing today. I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> it tells legend of a king who sacrificed himself to create a medallion and save his people from an army of shadow warriors. The amulet was then split in two parts, governing powers of the body and soul, and given to his sons to protect throughout history. Cut to somewhere in China. Bad people in armor are attacking a village full of old monks to learn the location of what we assume is this same medallion. The monks have their tongues cut out to prevent revealing this information. Now, this is my first point that I've got to interject. What kind of shitty henchman does the bad guy of this film, who apparently is very rich, um, like how cheap is he that he's hiring people who find the first monk they can, notice his tongue's cut out, A, assumes all of their tongues are cut out, and B, assumes there's no other way to find the medallion without asking one of them. Their tongues have been cut out. We'll never find the medallion. <laughs> That's the dialogue. He gives up at the first hurdle. They, <laughs> they go all the way out there, start hacking guys to bits. It's like, well, his tongue's cut out. Let's go home. It's, it, well, thankfully, thankfully, there's, uh, there is an idiot monk among them who just... So stupid. Just leads them directly to it. Yeah, like, again, again... If that henchman had followed through on his instinct and given up, as, oh, we'll never find it, let's go home, he'd have missed the fact that A, a monk turns round and runs directly to it, and B, it's just in the first cave you find, <laughs> hanging on the wall. <laughs> it's not even hidden. But a mean person with a whip follows this monk and discovers the medallion, and we're then surprised by two revelations. The mean person with a whip has some form of satellite technology 
<laughs> I love the way the little satellite like pops out of the, the, the briefcase when, when they open it and hits the top of the briefcase a bit <laughs> and wobbles about. The, the, the props built for this film are amazing. It's, like, if you'd seen these built on, like, Heart to Heart or one of those other kids' like arts and, arts and crafts shows, you'd be so impressed. And they're a woman. Oh, fuck. A woman all along. No, were they... It's... It feels like this was meant to be a shocking, surprising reveal, right? But the way that you're shown this woman in earlier shots, very close up, you know, the close up on the hands and the eyes, and it, like, it, my wife and I were watching this, and the minute she said, that's a woman. Like, that's the first yeah. thing out of her mouth. Like, that's a woman. It's Never like, mind she's using a whip, which um, classically female. tells you it's, it, yeah. that, that is the, the, the weapon that women are allowed to use. And Indiana Jones. So I don't know who they were trying to fool with this, but it was, uh, it was pretty obvious to yeah. everybody involved. Uh, we now learn that the year is 2007. The far and, future. And Los Angeles. Well, this, is, this was, uh, I guess... 13 years in the future for when the film came out. So there, that's something, I guess. Yeah. Um, Los Angeles is now New Angeles following a massive earthquake which flooded much of the former city. Yep, although it says that it's after the quake, and I like to assume that this is set in the same universe as id Software's Quake, mm. and that this is a sequel to Quake 2. Quake, quake came out. And this is what happened to and Los it Angeles. destroyed Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, so the voiceover is not done with us. No. Let's us know that the medallion was hidden to pre prevent its misuse by evil. Around the same time, the voice reveals itself to be the head of bad guys. And I actually found that somewhat well done. That the, the introductory explanatory t uh, voiceover at the beginning segues into it being an explanation from the evil Robert Patrick to his henchmen. I like that there is a character giving the explanation. Because so often you don't get that. Just some random fucking disembodied voice. Right, yeah. so giving, giving uh, a personage to attach that voice to, that's, that's nice. Good, good on you, Double Dragon. Um, well done, you. He's very excited that he's got this medallion now. Until he actually opens the box that it's in and finds only half of it's there. Yeah. But the part that he has still seems pretty neat. And he uses it to assume a two-dimensional form while demanding his minions seek out the other half. Um, this is the first, like, real special effects demonstration that we're shown. Yeah. Where, where he, he goes all paper thin. And I'm reminded... It, it reminds me of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, uh -huh. and the whole turning into paper thing. That wasn't from that. 3. No? That was, that that was five. 4 or 5, one of the two. Oh, that's right. Oh, right, the, right, the right, comic, the comic book, book. Yeah, that's yeah. 5. It's 5, yes. Yeah. That's right. But no, I was thinking of the same thing. Yeah, it's, it, and that was just a, couple, a few years earlier. Yeah, well, um, it is. They, they, they opt for... Cartoon animation, which is about you know, yeah. I, mean, I, I forget when the film came out, but it was pretty early. It was pretty early nineties. Probably about the best you can do. Um, it, it was fitting. Than, it wasn't bad, really. It looks better context. than the CGI in Resident Evil. Yes, it does. 
It looks better than most CGI when CGI first came out. So I, I sort of The special use, effects aren't dreadful. I use Spawn, the film Spawn, as my sort of litmus test for bad CGI. Right. If I, if I look at CGI and I think of Spawn, <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad always, sign. When I did Movie Defense Force, I was always going to do Spawn. Never got around to it. There's I probably no, would have rewatched it and thought, I, there's no defense. There, there's this. very little defense for Spawn. John Leguizamo uh, entertains me in that. And, 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 and that's, with ten years of hindsight, that's probably not the case anymore. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah. But yeah, the special effects are good. The props are, uh, aren't. Anything physically shit. See, but I, I like the props too, actually. I, yeah. I don't, I, you know, they're not well made, but they... I, I'm fairly certain that the producer's children made them. But they're, but they fit with the rest of the set and environment design. I'll give you that, I'll give you that. Like, it, it's all consistently kind of trashy, which works for me. Um, anyway, cut to yeah. where the other half of the medallion is. It's around the neck of a woman attending a tag team martial arts match. Is that a thing? Uh, in New Angeles, yes. I guess after, so. I after, didn't... after Quake released, it, it became all the rage. <laughs> Brothers Billy and Jimmy Lee are competing in this tournament. Yeah. Jimmy's doing great. Jimmy, a.k.a. Uh, young Kevin Sorbo. Well, you know who he is, actually? He's the chairman of Iron Chef. Oh, I, I, I don't really watch that. I, did, I, I have seen it from time to time. I'm not a big fan, but it's one of those things where once I've watched everything on Netflix and Hulu that is I haven't watched previously and I'm desperate for something I haven't seen already, yeah. I will put on Iron Chef. Okay. Um, and he is such a ham in that show. Like, he seems reasonably subdued and, like, serious in his performance in this. Ah. It's pretty spectacular. But it's, I'm looking at him like, oh, my God, I've seen him somewhere before. Where Where is this? He's the fucking chairman. <laughs> Cracked me up. Um, and the... Uh, All-star cast, by the way. And, and, well, and Billy is uh, played by Scott Wolf, who would uh, later gain fame on, I think, Party of Five? I think that was the show he was on that he was he was a big deal. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yes, Party of Five. Uh, and later V, which very disappointed that that didn't stick around. That was a real bummer. Um, anyway, the uh, Billy gets bored in this fight, decides to tag himself in, and then performs some antics, which gets the team disqualified. And then Billy goes and assaults the winning team after they taunt him, and the arena erupts in chaos. Now, some television fills us in on life in New, An- in New Angeles, where homes are held up by pneumatic jacks uh, to <laughs> prevent, you know, to protect against aftershocks. I mean, I'll, I'll be fair to them. They, they did work harder than they should have on the, the world building. They commit. Film. That's what I like about it. They, they commit really to. Did, I, I imagine someone did write a, like a, a universe bible for the film. Yeah, like, there's a real treatment into somewhere. The culture and everything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the police here observe a curfew that allows gangs to rule the city at night. Again, uh, somewhat of a clever idea. This idea that the police had to strike an accord with the street gangs. But it's so, so poorly they, explained as to is, how that yeah. happened that it's like uh, we it, just get this idea that the cops get the day and the street gangs get the night and. It's a very interesting idea that if there was another film that was all about that, 
I'd probably be into it. Yeah, I'd probably just because it or it a is... video game. I'd love a video like an open world video game where like during the day it's safe and during night like all the street gangs and shit come out. That's a great idea for a game. That's a really good idea for a game. Somebody make that. Someone get on that. You don't even have to credit me. Credit no. me a little bit. Let let me be a character in it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. You know. You can make the movie boys. Uh. You know, optional playable characters or something. Yeah, or they'll be one of the gangs, and they yeah. all feel, they all theme themselves around um, like Night at the Museum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funnier when it came out of my mouth than it was in my head. Oh, good. Well, good, things, good. things aren't all that bad though in in New Angeles. I mean, it's not so bleak. Well, no, you got tag team martial arts contests. Well, and Andy Dick has to suffer the indignity of presenting weather reports. That's true. So there's a win. That's a win. Uh, Vanna White is is an anchor woman in this dark future. Yep. Which um, is it, Vanna White? Did, did you have any connection to Vanna White not having grown up here? No. I, again, it's one of those things that through cultural osmosis, I know the name, but I don't have the history with American like childhood growing up stuff to to know who she is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and she was, I guess. Like, I don't know if we, I don't think Wheel of Fortune was this as as big a deal as it was in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. By this uh, point, the UK had its own Wheel of Fortune. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I assumed yeah. it did and had its own hosts and and so forth. Yeah. And, and its own letter turning girl. Um. But yeah, so it was. But it was interesting that they got George Hamilton and Vanna White to do these cameos. Like they, they really went to an effort to cast this in an interesting fashion. That's which it. I, All-star cast. I have to give them some credit for um, driving on the streets after curfew. Billy, Jimmy, and their as yet unnamed maternal guardian encounter a person having car trouble in a schoolgirl uniform. Uh. But surprise, surprise, this person's a gang member engaging in a clever ruse to trap do-gooders, I guess? Apparently so, yeah. Now, they don't, they don't misgender, misgender her, though, which I appreciated. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't supposed <laughs> to be... Let me tread carefully. It, it was not supposed to be... It was not supposed to be a joke about... It wasn't supposed to be a joke. No. You know, I could still see some people thinking that's squiffy, but it wasn't intended to be a joke. Yeah. Or at least... It was still stupid. It was still dumb. Like, and, everything like, in this film. Like, it could have been more offensive to modern sensibilities than it, than I think it is. Still oh, yeah, offensive? Yeah. yeah, like, it's actually surprisingly restrained. Yeah, you have an expectation with these sort of things that it's going to be, like, really, really bad. And maybe that's, maybe that's this whole movie for me. Yeah, like, you expect it to be, like, intellectually, culturally, morally offensive on every level. But the film itself kind of plays it relatively safe, almost, in Mm -hmm. terms of a lot of what it does. Its humour is very, like, oddly reined in. Well, and and it's, 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 it's meant for a young audience? It's definitely... Considering that the... The insult "butthead" is used three times in this film. Yeah, it is definitely aimed at children. It's a kids' movie. It is. Uh, it's it's a little more adult than more most kids' movies, I think are. Like, I think this is aiming for a early teen, preteen kind of demographic with this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not. It, it is very kind of 
restrained almost in in where it could take some of this. I mean, the violence is is not over the top. It's got a lot of um, characters looking at each other and screaming. Yeah. Um, it's that kind of level of, of kid-flavored comedy. Right. So they're trapped by members of the Mohawks gang because... Very original th- name. Well, this is, you know, and, and, and this city, I guess, it's um, drawing its cues from New York in the 70s um, when the Warriors were running around and all those well, gangs yeah, were there yeah. because every I mean, gang is thematic. Out, I was going to point out, point this out in a, a later scene, which, you know, I'll, I'll go into more detail there. But basically, for a large portion of this film, Double Dragon is the Warriors for children. Yes. It's yeah. a kid's version. Like when in the 90s and 80s, like, horror films and stuff were turned into kids' cartoon shows. Mm-hmm. Like, you, there was going to be an Aliens cartoon show. Uh, there was a term, maybe a Terminator one? Um, there was a Attack of the Rotten Tomatoes one. I re- a, oh, a, I remember that, yeah. Toxic Avenger cartoon. Um, lots of that stuff, lots of toys as well, Terminator toys, Robocop toys, like things for kids, even clearly adult films. Um, and this was very much one of the, it was a, it was a kid flavored The Warriors. Yes. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> I was going to do movie boys come out to play, eh? God fucking damn it. Well, now the worst part is, is that you've revealed it and you can't do it now. Ah, I'll bring bottles next time. People will be impressed by the commitment. <laughs> All right, everyone, listeners, forget I mentioned that I was going to do that. <laughs> let's get back on. Let's get, let's talk about Boa Boba. Oh, oh, okay. All right, all right. So, uh, trapped by members of this gang, Billy pulls up records for them on a computer that's installed on the sun visor. Fun fact: uh, the uh, shot of the computer, the close-up shot, is actually mirrored. It's they reversed it, and then put the image in the screen. Oh, interesting. The keyboard's backwards if you look at it. Ah. It's just, you know, one of those things you notice when you have to keep pausing to make notes <laughs> about shit. But, um, look for that. Uh, and, 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 and why does this network exist, by the um, way? Well, I guess it's part of this, this truce that they have with the cops because they mention as well that they bring up Boa Bobo, who's basically, um... In, in the far-flung future of 2007, they have animated GIFs with sound on profile pics on whatever their version of Facebook is. Right. Uh, gang book. So they bring up Boba Boba and he's going, ha, 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 on this repeated looped animation. And they mention the toll is 50 bucks, which yeah. I think is quite reasonable considering you're a gang and you rule the streets. <laughs> it's only 50 bucks. That's less than a prostitute. So they basically say, like, you know, his Boa Bobo, he can bench press like, got his stats like he's an American gladiator. He can bench press 800 pounds and the toll to get through his gang's territory is eight, uh, is 50 bucks. It should have been 50 pounds he can press and 800 bucks for the toll, but there you go. So I guess like, it's news for people stuck out after curfew, like, so that they know, like, we're in this gang's territory, this person owns this gang, but it's at the this same much time, money. I, I get the sense that like, I don't know, it's it's really weird that they have this installed in here for some reason, because it looks so cobbled together, but so does the rest of their car and much of, you know, a lot of the technology here in sure. this, but, like, even, like, the gang's version of this seems constructed and put together, like, it seems like a device, like, this seems like something they put together to hack into this network and get this information, and then they have to have 
its existence explained to them to some degree by Marion later. I'm just, it, the whole network thing just, it, uh, yes, I, I guess, I guess the, the deal I is that, that the, the gangs are yeah. allowed to do whatever they want at night and, mm-hmm. and keep the, they keep the peace. They enforce this curfew, I guess. And so the streets are safer at night just by virtue of people being off the streets and the gang... But it, Which makes the gangs seem like they got a raw deal. Because want- surely the point of these gangs, at least in this universe, is to harass people for money. But the curfew... Like, people know when they're going to be out harassing. Like, I don't know how their economy works. I don't know how the Mohawk... Especially when they're only charging 50 bucks. <laughs> we need the movie that explains how this all came to pass. Really do. Really do. <laughs> or at least, like, you know... Uh, uh, and it, a wiki. Where's the double... Uh, there's a double dragon wiki, but where's the double dragon movie lore wiki? <laughs> So we, we, we learned that they're you know being basically held up for 50 bucks as a toll, but they don't have the money, the Lee brothers, Lee family. Yeah. So they... I've got to talk about Boa Bobo as well. Like He comes out, and Boa, the guy playing Boa Bobo is, for my money, the world's best actor who can't act. <laughs> he can't act, but he can't act so good. <laughs> He he barely articulates. It's like the tone. It's amazing. Plus, he looks like someone. He looks like someone tried to make Bill Paxton and fucked up bad. Well, the the thing about that that's kind of interesting, and I wonder how much of that is intentional, because there are two different actors playing Boa Bobo. The guy in the suit is not the same guy. As the one out of the suit. Oh, that explains why his mouth and eyes looked weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are, they, they are different actors. So that some of that might might have been intentional, but I agree. Uh, he could just he could be the best best actor. I, I mean, it's possible that he has all of this dramatic capability and range, and he had to focus down. Might be to be this guy. We'll never know. We'll never know because he's almost certainly dead. <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's fine, whoever yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, Much love. <laughs> but, uh, so, they, uh, the Lees flee. A high-speed chase ensues. But not and before Bobo Bobo gets a good look at the medallion on What's-Her-Name's neck. Oh, yeah, tries to get it off her. Yeah. As, as, as compensation. Right. And now this chase, this chase is interesting. This chase is amazing. Uh, it, 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 I love their car. The, the, the dragon mobile, or they, they give it some name, and I've forgotten I think what... it's called the dragon mobile at the very end of the film. Yeah, they give it some name at the end of the film, but it's got a, a built-in uh, burner in the cab. A furnace, basically. A furnace. It's got a furnace where, where all the normal shit of a car should be. They've got this furnace right between the two uh, front seats, and they throw trash in there. Well, it's it like Mr. Fusion. It's like Mr. Fusion, but... Not, but but classic, yeah. you know, burning shit technology, <laughs> which sounds terribly, terribly dangerous. It, it, you know, just by any standard. And they're just pulling shit out of the glove box. And at one point in in the chase, they they get pushed into a wall of trash, and Billy reaches out and grabs shit to just throw in. Just grabbing trash. 
They are literal trash people. It's kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> I love their car. It's such a, a cool, fun idea. And to implement feeding it into the chase seed just struck me as such a fun, clever thing to do. Um, the, uh, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm referring to it as the General Lee. <laughs> I know they call it the Dragon Bibble, but God damn it. The generally, I the, like that. The generally. Um, and then... As for the technology in Abobo's Right, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Abobo's got this big rig, and, and at one point, they Billy pulls a newspaper that's covered in cheese out of the glove box. Yeah, cheesy map. That's re- it's, yes, that's right. It's a map. It's the map of Los Angeles. That's and it. And it, it's covered in cheese for... Like, why? How does... I don't understand. That's a Chekhov's gun. (laughs) Because it's explained short, like, towards the end of the scene. Oh, my God. I just realized... I just realized what's in the can. It's a setup. Oh, shit. Okay, so he pulls this cheese-covered map. Yep, helps to have a map. Throws... Throws that out and it hits the windshield of a Bobo's big rig. Oh, no. How's he gonna... How's he gonna see? How's he gonna see? Well, he turns to his giggling rat friend. Who is played by a, a the guy who would later go on to star, or maybe was already starring in the weird science TV series. <laughs> but yeah, it's, a, it, it's that classic setup of the big dumb muscle guy and the skinny, scrawny, ratty one who... Who, who talks and is annoying. Yeah, and, la- and laughs like, <laughs> all the time. He's How a, many gangs in films have had the little ratty guy who goes? <laughs> I don't Every know. But you know them. what? This he, they they are. Um, oh, who's that fat fu- job of the hut? <laughs> uh, who's that fat fuck job of the hut? <laughs> Boa Bobo is job of the hut to this motherfucker's little rat Salacious dude crumb. thing. <laughs> Does that thing have a name? I'm sure that thing yeah, has a sal- name. Salacious crumb. Okay. I don't know the Star Wars. You you need to get better at the Star Wars. I need to get good at the Star Wars. Yeah, there's a new film coming out, haven't you heard? I, yes, yes, I have heard. <laughs> oh, so yeah, so his uh, the the view is obscured. Yeah. So he presses a button, and all of these like cameras come up. Like there's a camera that pops up over the there's a dome in the top of the rig i guess and so it's it's high enough to see out the top of the rig and and then there are cameras at the bumpers and there a fucking periscope pops up on the, on this flimsy bit of pipe <laughs> they're they're viewing all of this through monitors that that are showing rather than like a visual of what's actually there it's showing computer generated images you know, that only yeah. the 90s could and produce. This CGI is worse than Resident Evil and Spawn. This is, lawn, it, this is Lawnmower Man VR. Lawnmower Man level VR, yeah. It's, and I guess it's supposed... Like, it's it's not like they're doing CGI to show something real in the world. Like no. a monster. Uh, so they're is, doing it to show that this is a system, that this is some yeah. sort of technology and operation. I would have gone with hand-drawn animation like they did with the visual effects. Oh like god! The other that... things I'd have gone with actual drawn stuff. I don't know which would have been cheaper or easier in this circumstance. I mean, you could you could have done it with like li- like vector style lines and stuff, but yeah. I feel like that would have been the better option than what they went with. Well, and they were trying to go futuristic, and VR was the future, as we will see. 
Yes, yes. This is the kind of film that Ben Kachera watches and just jizzes everywhere. <laughs> Uh, so they're they're now piloting the vehicle with joysticks for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah, because they've because this is based on a video game, and so they have to have not one but two references to video games in this scene alone, uh, where the little ratty one is like, "Hey, you suck at video games. I'm gonna do it," and he takes the joystick and starts steering. <laughs> and then um, at one point when they're about to, I forget what they're gonna do, like charge into or shoot or do something to end this and they both look at each other and in the the most overall over the top way possible just go game over it's horrible oh yes that's right that is a video game reference that's uh so that's why they're a joystick so that they can say game over yeah yeah well the lees escape by yes. dropping a flammable kind uh, flammable can of some kind into the burner uh, giving them a sudden burst of speed but it's short-lived. They wind up in a dead-end alley with Boa Bobo crashing his rig behind them. And just as they're coming to terms with having to fight the giant muscle-bound freak, another gang crawls out of the darkness behind the Lees and scares a Bobo off. <laughs> oh yeah, such, a, such an intimidating gang, this one. This is a gang of basically street kids. Like, this is like, this is like if, uh, if Breakin... If the, all the kids from Breakin became a gang right. instead, if they, if they were like, you know what, this, uh, this whole breakdancing thing, it's not working in the future of New, Los An- of, no. of New, La- New Angeles. New Let's Angeles. cover our jackets in graffiti and, and spend all night facing <laughs> graffiti so that we camouflage in with the wall. How long? How long was this gang the... Power core. How long was the power core gang stood facing a wall with graffiti on their back so that they blended in before someone came along <laughs> in need of their assistance? Well, and, and then here's the thing: it, they make it sound like it was their plan to be there. As uh, Marion, this is where we're introduced to Marion, the uh, love interest character. Uh, in the game, she's the one who gets punched in the stomach right in the beginning. Here, has a much, much uh, bigger role in events. Far uh, bigger role, and well, of course, she's played by uh, Alyssa Milano. The, very the... beautiful and such a talent. <laughs> well, this is during the period of Alyssa Milano's career where she was trying really hard to not. Um, be a failed child actress. Sure, sure. And Double Dragon was the place to showcase. Well, she was just desperate to, I think, do any work at all. She was, uh, according to uh, a brief bio that I read, she was just auditioning for anything. Any B-movie role with a female part she was auditioning for because she didn't want to be uh, forever thought of as the, the, the girl from Who's the Boss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and-, and I think ultimately... And again, this this comes down to me not having the cultural um, experience, you know, and I never got who's the boss when I was growing up. So maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like she was successful because at least I at least when I think of Alyssa Milano, I know I wasn't she in Charmed for a good long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I think of predominantly. Yeah, most people I think think of Charmed. Uh, she there was another series. Oh, she came back to she came back to television on Melrose Place, which was really big at the time, and she did a couple of seasons there. And it was kind of a big deal that she was coming back to television and uh, and all of that. So, uh, yeah, she she managed to successfully escape 
uh, that sort of doomed child actress thing that happens so often. So good for her. Uh, and, and one of the keys to this, I guess, is uh, Double Dragon. But um, yeah. uh, she tries to get the Lees to join up and help save the city with her and the Power Corps. Yeah, uh, at one point she bends over and they look at her sexist. They do. They do look well, at her bum bum. Well, one of them does. The, um, Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy looks at the bum bum and well, they're both looking, hits him. They're both looking at the bum bum, but Jimmy is not subtle in his looking at the bum bum, which, uh, is, which is what earns a rebuke from Billy. From Billy, who was um, trying to check out that bum bum on the DL. Right. Yeah, trying to keep it low key. Yeah, guys, guys, the guys who are listening... Um, and indeed, the girls who who want to look at Alyssa Milano's bum bum, if you're looking at Alyssa Milano's bum bum, be be cash about it. Just be cool. Jimmy is not down with joining the Power Corps. No, he yeah. is a complete twat about. He it. doesn't see it as being any different from the other gangs. No. Uh, now, now Billy sees dead ass, and he's a little less critical. Sexist, he is. Yes, he, he is. Back at their home in the old theater, Satori. The woman who's been with them this whole time, and I still don't think has been given a name yet. Uh, I think this is like we're still a few scenes from that. Uh, she tells the Lees about the medallion, about the medallion she's always fingering, and how it's half of a larger piece that their father gave her to protect, which amplifies the soul. But for all of her wisdom, she decides to put it on Billy the fuck up snack. Yes. Billy, you're the irresponsible one. Yeah. But then again, maybe she saw how subtle Billy was when he was looking at Alyssa Milano's bum bum. And she's like, he, he has a, a, a sleight of hand and a wit about him that is often overlooked. Because Jimmy is true of her, but he is not as subtle. Maybe she saw that and was like, okay. That could be it. That could he be who, it. He who is subtle about checking out dad ass is the one who can hold the double dragon. In the bad guy, yeah. you yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I. Oh, sorry. What were you saying about the bad guys? Oh, in the bad guy's office, <laughs> a bobo is reprimanded for letting the medallion slip through his fingers. But they yeah. got a line on it because now they have the Lee's address from the gangnet thing. Mm-hmm. Um, after Lash, the bad whip lady, turns on the lights unexpectedly and makes Mister Bad Guy Man pissed off. He has a bobo taken to the basement to get these super steroid injections that might kill him. Yes. Um, he's being shepherded, because I feel we've got to mention them, because they they become important we do, literally they... at the final, final few seconds of the film. But we should mention he's got two other henchmen with him who are manhandling Bo. And yeah. they show up at time to times, like time to time throughout the film, these two Asian... Um, uh, uh, henchmen with long beards and kind of balding heads, but with long hair behind. Well, and they have the corporate logo of Shuko, like on the backs of their heads, where you know, like uh, above their ponytails. Right, right. Um, and it's almost like a yarmulke. That's weird. They are both very weird. They are very men. weird. Well, they they play up. They're 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 not twins. But they're supposed to be played off like they're kind of twin-like. Yeah, and there is very similar in they 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 do identical movements. They chew chewing gum at the same time. Well, yeah, there's there's one scene where they really stupidly like they cram in almost all the jokes they can about these two characters into one exchange that comes later in the film, to where they walk up and they're both chewing gum like you know as a reference to the Doublemint twins, and then they they this is the only time I think their names are said is in this later scene that isn't really important enough to go into a lot of detail later. Uh, 
the exchange. Robert Patrick calls them by name. Their names are Huey and Lewis. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the it's the best part of the film because it's the only joke. It, it's. <laughs> it's so good. Like, I, I, is it the only as, joke? It's not the only joke, but it, that, as bad as this film is, there is a moment where the two henchmen come in, and Robert Patrick, as the bad guy with his vanilla ice haircut, says, "Huey, Lewis, any news?" <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I don't care what you think of this film. I don't care what you think of films or jokes in general. That is grade A primo material. They went a long way for that joke, which comes in like an hour into the film. It paid off. It... I, I, I will go to the grave. I would rather die than suggest that that joke didn't land. They stuck the landing on that little fucker. <laughs> yep. With, with great aplomb. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that joke until you reminded me. Now I'm really happy. <laughs> Like, I cannot describe, listener, how thrilled I am that I remember that that joke exists. And I'm going to steal it. Meanwhile, in a quaint suburban home, the police chief is watching TV, uh, learning about Madonna's latest yes. divorce. Uh, and Satire. His daughter, as it turns out, is Marion from the Power Corps. <gasps> Alyssa Milano, very beautiful and such a talent. She's been keeping her gang activities on the down low from the fuzz, and they have an argument over the chief allowing the gangs to do their yep. thing at night. Well, she wears a wig as well, because he thinks she's got this, like, very, very stereotypical good girl brown hairdo. Uh, and underneath mm -hmm. is the, the really short blonde, like, bleach blonde kind of Pixie bad... cut. It's a pixie cut. She has a pixie-cut hairdo. There is nothing threatening or gang-like or terrorist-related about a pixie-cut hairdo. Nothing. I, I, when I saw it, I was like, she's a bad girl, and she'll hurt me. I, in she, my heart. She, in this film, has the exact same haircut my high school girlfriend had. And, it, and it's the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest thing watching her. Because she's like, she looked almost exactly like my high school girlfriend. A little thinner. That's about it. And it weirded me out because there's, I, I can I can associate dangerous, erratic behavior with that hairstyle, but I just don't see it in this world. <laughs> I just don't see it. Uh, I will say that there is a very clever, very clever thing done in this scene with with Alyssa Milano's father, uh, the cop who's you know bemoaning about this idea of the curfew and. Mm -hmm. Well, she's complaining. That Alyssa's complaining about the... Where he's saying the it's the best deal we were going to get. Yeah, he's basically saying, oh, we had to come to this compromise. and he Which says I still want to see that fucking movie. Yes, yeah. He says a line that I thought nothing of until we like were about 10 minutes into the recording of this very episode. Mm -hmm. Because I, I was planning a killer like criticism for this film. Right. When... I was watching it this morning and it was like towards the very end of the fight, all these gangs like fighting is the big final clash and Robert Patrick and, and the, the Lees are having their obviously spoiler warning, inevitable battle. What? And I, and I thought at one point, like all of this would have been solved if one or more of these people involved in this whole thing had a gun. Why aren't they just shooting each other? 
And then I remember 10 minutes into recording this, I can't do that. Remember when everyone had Uzis? This scene, yeah. the father says, remember when everyone had Uzis, it was a lot worse then, etc. And I realized they, they actually went to the effort of explaining why these badass street gangs don't have guns and why no one's shooting each other uh, in what would be a kid's film. And in the 90s, they wouldn't have dared put guns in a kid's film. Well, that's It's fucking clever. That's it's part of the deal. somewhat clever. That must be part of the deal that they made that we never get to see from the much better movie. Yeah. <laughs> we want to see. From the Double Dragon prequel that we want to... <laughs> single Dragon that we want to see. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> um, at the movie theater... Billy and uh, Jimmy are struggling to perform a move when Mr. Bad Guy Man shows up and it's revealed that he and Satori have a past. Oh, and his name is Kogashuko. 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 Now, Shuko is this name that we've been seeing all over the place. Um, One of my... you you mentioned the the scene in the scene, you know, we were talking just this last scene with the uh, father. He's eating Rice Krispies, but they're Shuko Krispies. And so, like, you can see the logo planted on all sorts of things that would be product placement otherwise. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's actual... Pro- I, I don't know. Is there product placement? Uh, not to my knowledge. I think all of the products are fictional Kugo products. But but, but there's, there's Snap, Crackle, and Popper on that box. Oh, yeah. Like, so... They just bought... They bought a, a box of Snap, Crackle, and Pop. They bought a fucking Rice Krispies box and then just slapped his name on it. I'm so confused as to how that... Yeah slid like but the basic idea and this is something i can pick a hole in because they didn't explain this one robert patrick slash coca-cola or whatever his name is right he basically is the big corporate guy in the in new angeles right you know he wants to rule new angeles which for for an evil bad guy he yeah he has one of those funny lines where it's like oh he's he's demanding a lot but he acts like he's he's being reasonable where he looks out the window and says I just want to rule one major American city is that too much to ask and we're all supposed to go ha 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 but I'm thinking to myself in terms of evil supervillains with world dominating powers ambitions go that's actually very reasonable yes that's... he only wants a city he doesn't want a country or the world or the universe he just wants one shitty city he has where achievable people live goals. on drill houses yeah yeah and he practically owns it already because his his name is on every product people buy which brings me to the plot hole or well not the plot hole but but just the woman being dumb uh, who's I, I I called her the woman then Satori. it sounded like I was being sexist um, but I meant Satori I wasn't saying like Oh, right, the right. woman is dumb because she's a woman. I'm like, the woman is dumb because she tells us she spent her entire fucking life up to that point from, you know, whenever she started. She spent years, basically, trying to keep that half of the double dragon away from him. So what does she do? Move to the city where he fucking runs everything and wears it around her neck all the time. Okay, well, all right, two problems. To be fair. There's one problem with your assessment there. Yeah. He wasn't. She did not know him as Shuko. His he changed his name. His name was Guzman or something like that when she <laughs> knew him before. That's a funny name. Uh, and and so, like she didn't she didn't have any idea that he was the same guy. Well, okay. So that that like they have this conversation in this very scene that we're in, where he's like, oh no, changed my name. Now I'm this guy. 
And then she's like, oh, no, well, you'll never get, you know, the medallion. Did she not medallion. see a picture of him? Like, uh, I am just saying. I, I don't know think... how, like, famous and well-known this dude is as a public figure. Like, that's not really established. He could just be shadowy I mean, I would power just say, if, it's, if his fucking name's on everything. Yeah. He's got to have done Apple-style press conferences. I stand by what I said. I mean, I still stand by the second thing. She's wearing it out in the open. Well, he constantly. also took his name from, like, a historical warlord, so it could have just been a branding thing as far yeah, as anybody maybe. knew. But I'm just saying, if she's wearing it to the point where some random street schlub sees it and tries to get it off her in a car, oh, she's yeah, doing yes, she's, that great a job. She's Although, in really fairness, doing poor. she is... Her security measures are consistent with the monks at the beginning of the film. Right, yeah. I'll give her that There's much. a grand tradition of being crappy at protecting this stuff. Um, and uh, Also, Robert Patrick in this scene says there's only one double dragon, which <laughs> is a contradiction just in and of itself. Well, actually, he says that earlier when he's uh, about to get rid of a bobo. Does he? Yeah, or when he's about oh, to steroid well. up a bobo. But, you know, whatever. Whatever, still not important. Me. Yeah, it's a still, still a, a dumb thing to say. I'm doing, I'm doing you a solid by cutting out that bit earlier in the That's recording That's where you true. were really, really sexist. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you could cut me. You know what? Sex. I was gonna bring up how carefully you were just dancing around. Oh, <laughs> uh, the truth, the, the the difference is, I ain't cutting what I said. Yeah. I stand by. I'm, I, I've got a spine. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Alright. Don't bring up all the things I've begged you to cut from the yeah. chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the, uh... Satori says she'll, th that uh, Shuko will never find the double dragon. <laughs> she's, but, but, and, she's and Shuko, Shuko shows and he's already got the soul portion and then the Lee's bound over and Billy's just wearing the other one around his neck hey like, guys he what's going on he could not have been better timed and a fight ensues yes uh, the Lee's fight with the hench people uh, Huey and Lewis while Satori gets into it with Shuko uh, Huey and Lewis are, are eventually overcome but Shuko uses the medallion to become a shadow and attacks Satori just then, a bobo arrives, looking all lumpy. That's it. They did. They did experiments on him, and now it's like this big. He looks like the shit demon from Dogma. They were trying so hard because I mean, a bobo is a in, in the in the game is a just like ridiculously overmuscled. Like that's not physically humanly possible. Bulgy head thing. But what they did is they put rather than making the whole head huge. They instead just made neck muscles that were so bulgy they went up as high as the ears. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks it's like a, an alien. It's a giant. He's got like a big scrotum growing out of his neck. It's really quite upsetting. It's, it's yeah. It's it's gross. Um, let's see. Yes, uh, he winds up tangled in some netting in the end. Um, and Satori meets up with the Lees and asks them for the medallion. And then reveals by cracking her knuckles that she's actually possessed by Shuko in his shadow form. Uh, they, the, the Lees lock her behind the fence and Shuko just leaves the body and goes out of the fence and appears elsewhere and orders Huey and Lewis to pour gasoline in the theater so he could threaten to set it ablaze unless the Lees give him their half of the medallion. Uh, the Lees refuse. Tried. Which was interesting, because normally that's where the heroes have that conflicting moment of, like, oh, I'll do it, or... Yeah, you know, they I acquiesce can't... to the bad guy, normally. They don't give point. a fuck. They're like, nah, nah, do it. 
I think they're just overconfident that they can rescue Satori at that point. Which they do get her out of that fenced-in thing. They're successful to some degree, but she still winds up trapped in the theater because uh, Shoku stops them. It's a bunch of fuck-ups. Shuko. Shuko stops her from leaving, and the place blows up, and, and, and there are sadness and tears. Um, Shuko then orders Lash to set up a meeting with all the gangs in the city. Lash, I don't think we've, we've called her by Oh, have I not yet. called her Lash? Lash is, Lash is, Lash is the... I, I meant to point it out because Lash is such a, such a great name. Great name. Great performance, too. She I love really her. Well. She does that whole, like, scheming background thing really well. Like, she... It's very subtle. She's in the background a lot, like, just smirking all the time, and she's got this kind of look of happy when she's pleasing the, the guy in charge, but with this hint of she might stab him. Like, whenever you first watch it, you always expect her to stab him in the back at some point. Yeah, she she comes across as, well, she comes across as a little unhinged, but just a bit, and, and it's, it's a cunning sort of, like, snake uh, um, demeanor yeah, yeah, about her. I'd go as far as to say probably the, the best performance in the film. Yeah, she's... And, I, and I'm not even being sarcastic. Like, she does really well in that role. It's, su it's subdued. Uh, at, at a lot of points, there's there's uh, it's subtle. When she's just in the background, other people are really where the focus should be. Your eyes are kind of drawn to her because she's doing business like nobody's business. She really surprisingly talented performance uh, oh, yeah. for the rest of this film. Uh, Marion tells her little brother who's playing a really rad virtual reality game because <laughs> virtual reality is the future and everyone's going to have it in 2007. Uh, she has her little brother lie about where she's going so she can go do her gang stuff with the power core. Meanwhile, the rest of the gangs get assembled in some, like, I don't know, factory thing? I don't know what this is. I think is. so, yeah. So and this is the point where the film truly becomes the Warriors for kids. Yes, yes, because... It is basically the Warriors. It's that whole opening sequence from the Warriors, but on a really, really tiny, shitty scale. It. Yeah, basically. I mean... And not with some, not with that cool asshole saying, can you dig it, but with some bald fucking dude who thinks snarf is a biting insult to someone. <sighs> So sad. He calls he he calls Robert pa Robert Patrick turns up while this big bald dude is like yelling, saying, "Oh, this guy thinks he's in charge," and he calls Robert Patrick a snuff. <laughs> and then Robert Patrick turns into a shadow and chokes him to death. Yeah, and, and then all the gangs are on his side. That instantly changes everyone's opinion. They all accept him honest, as their new leader. I I I'd be with them. Yep, I'd be like, I just watched him shadow strangle a man to death. So. He's in charge now. Yep, that worked. Yeah, that would work for yeah. me. You, you want me to monetize my content how? You've got it. Cleaning up the wreck of the movie theater, a couple of these Power core members find a semi-conscious of Bobo. And at the edge of the Hollywood River, the Lee brothers' car is broken down and they're arguing about what to do next. And as they walk, they encounter a hodgepodge of gang members hanging out who are all looking for the medallion for Shuko. Now, these gangs are incredible. This whole scene with the gangs out in daytime, which is supposed to be a big thing. Because yep, because they're, they're violating the accord. Yeah. Um, it's amazing because, again, they try to go for that Warriors thing. And in The Warriors, uh, a great film, if you've never seen it, um, really, really fun watch. Um, there are all these different gangs with colourful gimmicks, visual mm -hmm. gimmicks. Um, similar to 
you know this in in the warriors you've got like this this all woman gang that's really weird and freaky and you've got this these guys dressed up with face paint you've got guys who are like exclusively with baseball bats and shit and they try to do the same thing here except you've got your mohawks you've got your what i can only describe as adult teen age players who are all dressed up like school children and you've got U.S. postal workers swinging their mailbags around threateningly above their heads. It's incredible. There are so many postal workers in this scene. Hello? Hello? Oh, sorry. I lost you there for a second. What was the last thing you said? I was talking about how there were so many postal workers in this. Place. Yeah, the postal worker guy. On, let me get a let me get a timestamp before we. Uh, uh, one oh eight. One oh eight. Okay. <coughs> yeah, carry on. Yeah, the postal service guy. I think is my favorite, and he he comes yeah. in again. He he shows up a couple of times. Yeah, well, uh, I wanted to, because cause in my memory, it was always like, they've got a, a, a postal worker-themed gang, and I hoped it wasn't one guy, and the rest was the the, the age player gang uh, of all the school uniform ones. But I, I double-checked today, like, I kept a proper eye out, and yeah, there are several yes. postal workers, all all fighting with mailbags. <laughs> it's so fucking good. The commitment is great. Like They could have just made them all sort of stock gang members. There isn't a ton of variety in Double Dragon enemies. They could have just been standard gangers. But no, they wanted they went to an effort to make the Warriors for kids. Yeah, and, they really did. So you've got the clown ones mm-hmm. with the face paint and the big cartoon gloves. Yeah, the, the, the little nubby balls on the gloves, which are <laughs> really like, inefficient. Fuck. Like, that's got to be an intimidation tool, because I cannot see... Yeah. Well, again, I feel like in Single Dragon, when that film comes out, we'll actually get names for all these gangs, and maybe the cultural history and the context. Well, like, no, why? they are, they are, there is a name for that gang. They are the clowns. Oh, right. Yeah, they're, okay. they're, when they're driving through the streets earlier, uh, before they encounter the Mohawks for the first time, they, 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 were, they see the clowns on the side of the road, and they're like, oh, they're creepy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know why I wouldn't think they weren't called clowns. I like, just I want to know what they call the mailman. Yeah, probably the mailman. Probably. <laughs> if if they're if so far we've got the mohawks, the clowns, it's probably the mailman. <laughs> the maniacs, that's another one. I wonder what ones they are. What 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 the, are the age the, players? Well, the the guy, the old guy who gets choked to death by uh, Shuko and Shadowform. Uh, right, okay. He seems to be the leader of the maniacs. He's the leader of the maniacs, right? So, is the leader of the school kid ones a teacher? Is it Miss Frizz? <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of colorful costumes in this. Like actual good costuming. Like yep. not so much the clowns. Um, because my problem with the clowns is there's a, it's a very dirty area where they're fighting lots of trash and like, like, like muddy ground. And they're all really And the white gloves keep picking it up. Yeah. Yeah. And all I'm thinking of is like, all I'm thinking of is like, do they have to go and launder those? Like, I think they probably just leave them gray, gray, gross gloves, which is creepy in its own right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, the only thing. Again, I'm going to have to wait till single dragon comes out before I can. Really pass judgment. Really get on into that. the yeah. culture of these gangs. Uh, so there's lots of, of fighting and chasing through buses, and and really they use this environment to some interesting effect. 
And then it transitions into a boat chase through the poisonous Hollywood River. Uh, yeah, yeah. Winding and through the flooded ruins of Hollywood. I love this, too. Like, I love that... Okay, all right, admittedly, I just love the whole premise of the city of Los Angeles sort of, you know, falling mostly into the ocean as a result of an earthquake, because I think it's it's a terrible, terrible place no one should ever live. <laughs> uh, uh, my, my, my trips to Los Angeles um, have... It's just, I'm thankful they've been few. Right, I mean, it's... It, I, I, I liked Los Angeles when I lived a four-hour drive away from it and could go experience the culture stuff that goes on there and then immediately leave. Like, that's... I... Oh, God. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible place. I was... Uh, my wife and I... My wife does stuff involving cities. That's her, her big thing. And we were talking about urban density and cars. And here in New York... Now, this is a totally... Not important side thing, but it's on my mind. Here in New York, uh, where I live, there was recently some stats came out that 70% of people living here don't drive cars for transportation. You don't use cars for transportation. And it's because of just, it's not possible. We're so urbanly dense that it's not, it's, it's not conceivably possible to have most of the citizens driving cars to get places. The only way that works is when you build a hellhole like Los Angeles that has no urban density and is totally spread out and deserves to fall into the ocean following a giant earthquake and have Andy Dick be its weatherman. <laughs> Please, God, let this come to pass at some point. Uh, the Lees decide... Or, I'm sorry, I'm a little ahead of myself. Uh, the Lees crash their boat into a sign, ultimately, and uh, they're soon to be dead by their pursuers on jet skis. And they managed to escape. So good for them. Uh, meanwhile, the news is reporting that the gangs have broken their truce with the police and are attacking during the day. And Shuko is upset that the medallion hasn't been dredged from the river yet. The Lees decide to go get help from Marion and the Power Corps and head to their base. Inside, Marion's been torturing a, do uh, a Bobo for information by force-feeding him spinach because it's a kid's movie. And that's how we torture people in kid's movies. It's by force-feeding spinach through a funnel, I guess. Yeah. Uh, once the Lees arrive, they explain the situation to Marion, and she mocks them in their stupid medallion that they don't know how to use. Yeah, but, fucking idiots, but fucking idiots. does agree to help them get revenge for Satori. And at the Shuko Center, an upscale mall, the uh, Power Corps show up and start causing chaos with their cool skateboard moves, serving as a distraction for Marion and the Lees to infiltrate the building through the ventilation system. Marion has a complicated plan to make the gangs unhappy under Shuko by falsifying revenue data through the gang net. But the Lees, like, just interrupt it and it's never spoken of again when they hear Shuko attempting to bribe the police chief. Uh, listening to their conversation from the ventilation system above, the Lees attempt to steal the medallion off of his desk using a, a pin and a piece of fishing line. Uh, and they're noticed by Lash who reveals their presence by... What do you call that weapon that she uses? Some sort of spear, but I don't... There's a name for it. It's a, like a halberd, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it looked like. Did it have an axe handle? Yeah. No, it was, With a spear it, it, was, it was long-handled, but it was a spear uh, top that was a large blade and serrated. You know, it's flat on one end, curved down. Like a naginta? Yeah, maybe that's it. 
I don't know. I can't remember what. I, I don't remember the spear at all. <laughs> but she she stabs up through the ventilation vent thing. Oh yeah, that's it. I remember because I was um, I remembered this scene, and I didn't see it this morning because I went and um, I think I just went to put on the coffee or something. <laughs> I I I I. I didn't rewatch this bit, so I can't. I don't. I don't know what she was fucking holding. Okay, so she she breaks through, and they come tumbling down into the office, and uh, surprises everyone. And the uh, uh, Shuko lures the Lees and Marion to uh, the elevator shaft that leads to a secret lab where he's been ex- you know experimenting on other gang members, and they wind up trapped down there. And he turns into a shadow and dives in and. Meanwhile, Lash continues to fight the police chief for reasons. And once they're down there, they're, they see all of these gang members on tables and so forth. And one of them gets up. He's a basketball player, I guess. Uh, he's possessed by Shuko, and he fights them for the medallion. Um, they crush this... Can I just say, when, when Jimmy is possessed by Shuko... Well, we're not quite there yet. Oh, we're almost there. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, my sense of timing is... It's all right. We're almost there. We're almost there. They crush, they crush this basketball dude with the door, and then they turn oh, on yeah. okay. a I'm vent that sucks <laughs> Shuko in shadow form out of the... I don't understand how that works. The logistics of that are a little weird. They seem to, The Lee seem to know it would work as well. Yes. But it sucks him out, and they get a, a moment's breath, but then he come, the, the fan turns off, and he comes swooping back in. And uh, flies into Billy and bounces off, and then goes and inhabits another one of these uh, gang member bodies. Uh, and it's happened so fast that like it's it's necessary to point out that he bounces off of Billy in this scene, uh, which is why in a subsequent scene they're going to do that. Um, they uh, Jimmy is fighting with the gang member and winds up trapped and and caught by him. Uh, while Billy and Marion escape through the closing air vent because an aftershock is happening. There's a conceit as to why they're getting separated, basically. Uh, it's not a particularly good conceit. Um, but yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy's captured at this point. Now, the police chief tries to rally his cops to do their job at night again, and nobody's into yep. it, so he goes off alone. Uh, Shuko offers Jimmy to let the leaves, Lees leave the city if they give him the medallion, and then tells him that he killed Billy and Jimmy's father, which I I don't know why it matters. No, it, it's just some. It's a generic bad guy action for the bad guy to have done. Like, why is it always the case when the bad guy was friends with the father of the hero, and the father disagrees with the bad guy's ambition, he always has to kill him. Why not just say fuck you and and walk away? Always ends with killing. Yeah, well, it's it, it's completely unnecessary in this case for him to have done it, yeah. too. You know, he he could have... It's not like he had the power to stop him. No. He, he, he was just some shitty archaeologist or whatever he was. All he, all he had to do... Well, and, and, and I don't... It's not really clear what the relationship or what he was doing involved with this research. My assumption is, is that he was financing it. Like, that he was financing the Lees... Uh, the uh, well, uh, I don't know, J- Billy and Jimmy's father's research into whatever he was doing. That's the only thing I can come to, because I, I he doesn't seem like a archaeologist 
or, or any, you know, like, or even no. in a past life. Like, it just doesn't strike me as something that he would have done. So I, I, it doesn't, he could have just parted ways with him and schemed to get it back some other way. It was just completely unnecessary to kill him. It wouldn't have led him to the location of the medallion. He knows the guy has it. Why wouldn't you just keep him alive? Because at least you know where he is and he knows where it is. <clears throat> Bad planning, Shuko. That's all I'm saying. Bad planning. Um, where were we? Uh... Jimmy's been captured. Jimmy was the captured. The police chief or, or uh, tried fails to rally to, the right, cops. Right, right, yeah. Uh, Shuko makes his offer to Jimmy. Uh, Marion and Billy trying to figure out how to get the medallion back while hanging out in Power Corps' headquarters, and they are getting all like close to intimate kiss time. And and just as they're about to do it, gang members burst in, and more fightings happen. Uh, this is a like the, the like the big fighting showpiece scene, I think. Uh, where all the chaos erupts and you get lots of people fighting and it's not just entirely focused on, on Marion and, um, and, and Billy. Uh, you get to see a lot of Lash whipping people off of stuff, which was fun. But then she winds up so completely incompetent getting her whip wrapped around a pole. Yeah. That was really... She does go down like a chump. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. It's, it's a After bummer. all this really good, subtle build. Yeah. yeah. And, and she gets caught on there, and, and Marion just cuts it off and uppercuts her, and and then ties her back up with the whip later, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And t- tells her she's lucky because she normally leaves people in the hospital. And then someone randomly punches her in the face, and she's knocked out. It's, yeah. Strange. Really strange. Uh, as the tide is turning against the insurgent gangs... Uh, Jimmy appears and attacks Billy for the medallion um, because, you know, he's possessed by Shuko, clearly. And he's recounting. And this is the point I was going to point out. Yeah. The eyebrow raise that Jimmy does to show he's been possessed is so good. That is the best eyebrow raise I've ever seen. That's, That's a very good Dwayne eyebrow Johnson. raise. Yeah, he. Well, uh, Patrick, they, they, they set up for uh, Robert Patrick this, uh, you know, tell. You know, two tells basically to indicate. All right, so you're going to do this a bunch during the lead-up to the film so we can use it as the physical identifier that you're possessing a body. He cracks his knuckles, and he's got this eyebrow raise. And everybody in the cast that he possesses does that and does it well. They, they all manage to, yeah, oh, that's Robert Patrick in there. It worked. Yep. It was a, it was a good tell, well executed. Um... Pissed. But unfortunately, it means Robert Patrick, as an actor, will never be called inimitable. That's true. That's true. Uh, and so, Jimmy and Billy are fighting, and Jimmy's, er, well, Shuko, is recounting the myth of Romulus and Remus because they're brothers, you see? And so, I guess that's appropriate for the circumstances. Yeah, I, I suppose. Uh, pissed off at the ineffectiveness of his medallion, Billy decides to just throw it away. And that's the point at which it, it decides to work. And it flies back to him and makes him invulnerable. <laughs> There's some sort of moral lesson there, apparently. I guess. Uh, give up all hope, and then, then there, that's when things... I don't know. Shuko decides to use the body he's inhabiting as leverage, uh, since he can't beat up Billy now, and uh, tries to, to kill Jimmy while he's inhabiting yeah, it. Yeah, he... He has a, there's a, a, some sort of weighted bag. Yeah, above a sandbag. Jimmy, above, yeah, a sandbag above 
uh, Shuko's head, Shuko inside Jimmy, and he says, you know, give me the double dragon half or I'll kill Jimmy by, you know, dropping this weight on himself. And um, manages to basically, you know, Billy refuses again. And Billy's cavalier. Well, and Billy just goes and takes the hit because he's invulnerable. So, yeah. Yeah. My, my problem with this bit is, though, is Shuko stopped there. He stopped at the dramatic sandbag thing. Yeah, it didn't where continue. Where he's in a room full of things that could kill him. Yes. Directly behind him, not six feet behind him, is green water that he could just jump and drown in. And instead they do some more punchings. Yeah. And and, and then the medallion gets uh, pulled off of Billy and flies through the air and, 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 and lands elsewhere. And so, you know... Jimmy is now suddenly fine. And they're like, yeah, we kicked Shuko's ass because they're both so stupid as to realize that neither of them are holding the medallion now. Uh, duh <laughs> And so Shuko just, like, pops out and grabs it. <laughs> Reunited, uh, the double dragon transforms Shuko into two shadow demons, and more fighting happens. Uh, and they have these swords that can pass through anything and I guess uh, at their discretion deal cause damage to it because they, they, they the, the, the Lees try to fight them and when they swing the swords uh, the swords swing swing poles or whatever at the swords the swords just pass through them but do no and do no damage whatsoever to the things that the Lees are holding but then they'll slice through anything else and leave this burning like slash in its wake the rules of these mystical demons are yeah. Really questionable. Is Robert Patrick a vampire? Uh, well, the, there is that light sensitivity thing. Because yeah, like, just when things seem hopeless, a Bobo shows up and, and tells Marion that he's got this this thing with light. Which is weird, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, they just really needed to, to work in a weakness. And, and so it was kind of ham-fisted when they showed his light sensitivity early in the film. And it's like, oh, well, that's, okay, fine, whatever. And then a Bobo comes and tells, tells Marion about it. She goes, fires up the generators, the, and once the lights are back on, the Lees perform the move that they struggled with in that scene where they struggled to do their moves good. Oh, we all remembered it, I didn't. And beats the two demons back together, causing... It wasn't even a good move. No, it was just a spinning, you know, like, oh, I'm going to spin kick, and you're, I'm going to throw you into a kick, and then I'm going to throw you into a kick. Okay. Not that impressive. Um, and Shuko's reverted to his original form, and the medallion, inexplicably, is now separated, flies into the hands of Billy and Jimmy, who unite them, and, and they do a call back to the, to the dialogue exchange, you know, that was so horrifying, but is now witty, uh, when the heroes unite the... <sighs> <laughs> Have you just given up? Uh, in a flash of light, and with the voice of Satori expressing pleasure, Billy and Jimmy find themselves really wearing really terrible outfits of red and blue. I'm sorry, I'm keeping that bit in, because... Yeah, no, do it. It's, it's... It just sounded like you just gave up completely. It, it, it's just... The Lees beat up Shuko for a bit before Jimmy leaps into his body and has yeah. him beat himself up. And then the police chief arrives, and Jimmy uses Shuko's body to write a check to fund the police force. Which is theft. 
Yes. And have himself taken into custody. The cops, seemingly now shamed by the chief's earlier speech, have, speech, have arrived to start working nights again. Marion shows the boys that their car's been repaired, and, and, uh, and they decide to no longer leave the city, but stick around and help fix New Angeles. Um, and Abobo asks if he can hang out with them. And uh, thinking Billy is controlling Abobo, Jimmy agrees to let the steroid freak drive, only to discover to everyone's delight that Billy is in the back of the station wagon, and they all drive off screaming into the night, passing Huey and Lewis standing on the side of the road, seeking to hench for a new employer. Yeah, holding signs, we'll hench for food, and they walk off arguing with each other, saying they backed the wrong side as the credits kick in. And that's... And we never find out what happened to Lash. Presumably she just starved to death <laughs> tied to that pole. They should make a sequel that's just about Lash. Yeah. Ugh. The Lash Chronicles. But that's Double Dragon. Yep, that's Double Dragon. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, yeah, it... it, it well, yeah. well, we'll get there. Yeah. So, Conrad, did you like Double Dragon or not? You know, it's... Yeah, actually, I did. I did like Double yeah. Dragon, yeah. Uh, it's... It, the end is... Not great. It's kind of meh. Sort of... The combat... The, the fighting scenes in it aren't great, overall. I don't think. No. And, and that's This what... isn't like um, Street Fighter. They didn't go for people who were martial artists. No, sorry, Mortal Kombat, where they went for people who were martial artists. Right. This was not or a martial arts Or Street Fighter, for film. that matter. I mean, Street Fighter did it, too. They're, you, yeah, you, you, good you, fight Raul sense. Julia is as the notable exception, but pretty much everyone else there uh, had... Or, or, and Kylie Minogue. But almost everyone else there had on-screen, like, fighting... And Jean-Claude Van Damme. That <laughs> man can't fight. <laughs> he can't do nothing. But yeah, so the, you know these are these are actors. You know, you have Scott Wolf uh, and and the chairman from Iron Chef, uh, who are more actory, um, yeah. and and that's fine. The so the combat, but but it's so it is so heavily weighted towards the martial arts action in the latter half of the film. I would say, yeah, that. Yeah, it, Basically, the last fight is very martial artsy, whereas before then, you know, we had gang fights and stuff, but it was more, you know, big rumbles. Right. So it it kind of it, it kind of falls apart a little bit at the end. But I love the world that they're trying to build here. I'm I'm fascinated by it. I I, I real I'm not. I, Listen, if it was in a better film, like this would be an incredible universe. If we yeah we we're joking around a lot about a uh, single dragon, but that it does interest me. I would I would genuinely go and see a film that explained how this world came to pass. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, a very interesting dystopia that they've built. It's a little bit, uh, you know, uh, Escape from New York. Uh, definitely. A little definitely. Assault on Precinct 13. Basically all of those... John Carpenter movies. Films of the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically John Carpenter movies and The Warriors. There's something very like seventies, early eighties about it. Yeah, yeah. So I like I like the setting. I know you uh, you you think the props are, are cheesy and and crappy, and and I I can't deny they're somewhat cobbled together, especially when it comes to the rig that uh, Abobo is driving. That's downright silly. 
Um, I like the little handheld gangnet device. I, 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 I like that the gangnet exists, even though I don't fully comprehend its, its function or value. that that it's there indicates that there is more to this world that i don't understand and i want to yeah i want to know more um uh the uh i'm glad that marion got got to be a character and uh and i don't think Alyssa milano is a great actress necessarily but I don't think the role necessitated a lot, and no. when and when she is, she's not lash good. No, she's not lash good, but she's she's good enough in it, and the role is decent enough to to sort of get by. Uh, she's at her best, I think, when she is playfully mocking the Lees, mm-hmm. um, and and thankfully that is the majority of of her screen time is is devoted to doing that. So she's okay. Robert Patrick's fucking great. In this, he's he is as over the top as he needs to be. Uh, we were talking about Shuko earlier as a villain who who has achievable goals, and how rare is that? Yeah, like I said, very reasonable by villain standards. Well, sure, he already has a significant amount of money. He already practically owns it in all but like you know, actually having fealty from people. Like, he's most of the way there, and he only wants the city. <laughs> I'd have let him have it. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't seem like he wanted to even do anything particularly evil once he had it. It wasn't like, I'm going to plunge this world into, like, eternal death and damnation. He just wanted to be in charge. And, and would it, I guess the question we have to ask ourselves... Would New Angeles, under the control and guidance of Shuko, really have been a bad place to live? Well, that's it. Like, you can't drink the water there. The gang's rolling the streets and stuff. He put more discipline into them, probably. Um, like, I just... Like, he's got them organized. Yes, I mean, he's, he's organized. He, he clearly has a head for business. You know, he knows how to negotiate, because how else do you wind yeah. up making all of those deals... Uh, you know, I... he's got more control over the the gangs than the police ever had. He never had to negotiate a truce. You know, I think I really think if there's uh, anybody out there who could have made New Angeles great again, it, it would have been Shuko. Would have been Shuko. <laughs> <laughs> we need oh. political humor. Yeah, we 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 never stop with our great goofs. <laughs> but yeah, um. I love the costuming. Yes, the costuming. The costuming was, you know, in its own way, was fantastic. Um, I really, you know, in spite of the points at which it's very obviously cheap, the 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 visual design of the film, on the whole, I really like. Uh, A Bobo is bad. That's just a bad suit. Yeah. There's no two ways about it, and I know that better practical effects could be accomplished because we had chunk. Long before a boat. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and they could have done. They could have just done chunk, and I'd have been satisfied. Uh, but they they did this. It's instead. the legs. It's the legs that that set it off. Well, apart from the scrotum neck, <laughs> yeah. the, the big chunky thighs and the little calves. The, like it, it looks so. He looks bad to walk. God, you're right. They really are like glands on either side of his neck. Yeah, he's just a big swollen testy man. I don't like him. <laughs> If I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, 
as a character, he's kind of amusing. Um, yeah. He's kind of weirdly adorable, like, but even before, like, before transformation, he's weirdly adorable as this big lug yeah. of a character. Yeah, and I And I like his little, you know, annoying sidekick, even. Yeah, I wasn't so fond of him. No, I, yeah, he's, he's he was appropriate for what, he, he was there to serve a purpose, he served a purpose well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the actor in those sorts of roles, which seems to mm-hmm. be most of what he did in his early career anyway. Uh, I mean, he's done other stuff, but... Uh, yeah! I really... I, I was expecting to not like this. And and I think that it has a, a, enough visual charm and enough performances that uh, speak to the fact that this is sort of goofy and a little silly and, and, and meant for kids... No, oh, yeah. Uh, it. I mean, it is. It is watchable trash. Yeah, definitely watchable trash. Like, I can easily gather friends around for drinks and watch this. Right. I in would, the same way I do with with all of Dean Cain's work. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't do that with Blood Rain. No, I wouldn't gather people around to have a laugh with Blood Rain. It's not a laugh. I, I, it's just shit. I wouldn't do it with Hitman either. I don't think this is as good a film as Street Fighter. Oh, not at all. Nowhere near as good. Well, it's not as... I mean, again, I still maintain that Street Fighter, most of the humour in that is purely intentional and hits the mark. Right, exactly. Whereas here, at least 50% of the fun to be had from the film is unintentional on their part. There are some genuinely intentional bits that are actually funny, but most of what makes Double Dragon entertaining is... um, stuff that happens in spite of what they tried to do. Uh, whereas Street Fighter, I think, is there's a lot more to be genuinely pleased by. But at the same time, I would still put this film well above a lot of the other stuff we've we've watched already. I think it's... I can't disagree with that. It is... It is as... Um, it is as entertaining a romp as you could hope to get from a Double Dragon film, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in terms of video game movies... I would not rank it in the lower half of things that I, you know, of, of if I were rating them in terms of enjoyability. Right. It would be top half. Yeah, yeah, definitely in the top half, which is, is interesting because in 2009, Time Magazine put it on their list of the top 10 worst video game movies, which... It's, it's, there, are, there are 10 worse. There have to be. Uber Bowl alone has 10 worse. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, Three of them are blood rain. <laughs> uh, it's it's on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a negative score of eight uh, percent from twelve reviews, mm-hmm. uh, making it the lowest rated video game or one of the lowest rated video game movie adaptations. I don't know. It surprises me. There are there are so many more humorless ones I than feel this, and like... that's the worst part. Is I think all of the humorless shit video game movies. I feel that like we're that to that's embrace concern. their stupidity. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like if, I think it's I think it's that it's just old enough that people haven't had enough chance on the internet to give it a chance. Maybe yeah, it never got the breaks that Street Fighter got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And plus, I think part I think maybe part of the fact is that it didn't take itself that seriously. And I know how some people can be about oh, you've got to. I I think some of the more serious ones, even if they're more boring, get a, a 
better chance at, at not being slagged off. Yeah, I think. Well, I think, I think they get at a, least they're taking themselves seriously. They'll get a pass earlier on at any rate, but I don't think those hold up as well long term. Whereas no. as these ones that don't take themselves seriously, it, it's hard to. Uh, Can- Camp stupidity is ageless. Right, and you know, like things that would really date this movie, um, such as the virtual reality stuff that's in it and so forth, uh, it's excused by the sort of goofy tone found elsewhere in the movie. Like you can you can set aside how crappy some of it is on virtue of it being dopey to begin with. Whereas you take something like Doom or Hitman, something that takes itself very seriously, um, as time passes, it just looks stupider and stupider. So uh, there's a there's a, a floor at how dumb you can think Dr- Double Dragon is over time that I, yeah. I don't think exists with other films that uh, don't have their tongues planted in their cheeks. Gotcha, gotcha. No, I agree with that. That's a good analysis. Wow, yeah. This has been a good episode. Oh, it's been all right. Yeah. yeah. I have to cut out all the offensive stuff. Well, but, uh, you know. Otherwise. Otherwise. That was good. Yeah. I- I'm actually happy to, to close the book on that. Yeah. yeah. That's the double dragon for you. Now, I did briefly mention it at the beginning, um, but you may have forgotten it by now because we dazzled you with such great analysis. But... Actually, one last bit. Trivia for Double Dragon. Um, there's a Double Dragon arcade machine in the film. End of trivia. There's uh, a right. Double Dragon arcade machine based on the uh, movie, too. Oh, that's It was sad. a fighting game. Yeah. Uh, I think it only released in Japan. Of course it did. And uh, I... I mean, I want to track down... I want to track down the ROM. It'd be fun. Yeah. Huh. Well, there we are. There's your trivia. Um, anyway, I briefly mentioned it, but the next episode, we will be taking a departure. We, we wanted to deliberately do that. I wanted something... Because I like to um, not have the same style of film twice in a row. Yeah. Obviously, that'll get harder and harder to do once we whittle stuff down and get... Yeah, busy. and eventually it's only going to be zombies and Pokemon Yeah, movies. when we've got all the zombies and Pokemons left. Um, but we are going to do uh, something contemporary to follow on from Double Dragon and something... Uh, certainly genre-wise and game-wise, is unlike any of the others we've done so far, uh, and that is Need for Speed, yeah. starring Aaron Paul of uh, Breaking Bad fame. Uh, we will be doing Need for Speed, which I've not only not seen, I don't even think I've seen a hint of it. I can't. I don't even remember it coming out. It came out in 2014. I don't remember it ever coming out. I don't remember seeing it like advertised on TV. I don't remember seeing it mentioned on movie theater You know, signs. But it came out. It I, came out. I I may have written a post or two at the Structoid when the film was in production. Right. But that might be... Like, yeah. The, the... Hide nor hair of it. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be a... I have no idea what to expect from a movie based on a racing game. Certainly one like Need for Speed. I, I, I expect it's going to be a lot of people uh, sitting in offices... Uh, a very dialogue-driven film, very Tarantino-esque, I'm expecting. Yeah. a lot uh, of time switches and things, yep. very clever interlooping storylines. Um, no, it'll, it'll just be Fast and Furious, but shit. Um, <laughs> but that, that's, that's going to be on your next movie, boys. That'll be in two weeks' time. And if I remember, Conrad, don't let me forget when I put this up on Tuesday, we'll end with the Movie Boys theme tune that someone made for oh, us. Oh, fantastic. That was so, so nice. well done. Who did that again? Um... Oh, God, now I'm going to have to look it up. 
Did you tell me in email or Facebook? I, that I, can find I think the... I sent it to you in Skype, actually. What yeah, did I did. I did. Here it is. Yeah. I'll put it back in Skype for you. Excellent. Um, but the... Uh, that was done by... Come on, load faster. Uh, we will share anecdotes. We will share anecdotes. On, on SoundCloud. On but there's, SoundCloud. A, 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 there's a tweet. There's a tweet with a name. That person's name deserves to be... Uh, yeah, share anecdotes. His, name on, his name's Paul. Thank you so yeah, much, well, Paul. It was thank you. super it's a, cool. It's a fun scene. Yeah. And we'll play you out with that. And we'll see you next time. Um, well, I mean, if, if obviously we've got to sign out with... with um, stuff what we do oh, so yeah. that we can promote ourselves um, you can check out more of Conrad's stuff at Conrad Zimmerman on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman also Conrad Zimmerman on YouTube and we also do another podcast together that is Fist Shark Marketing along with Paul Sincere and you can see that at fistshark.com yep. and you can also subscribe to that on iTunes and anywhere else we get podcasts and that'll be it from us we'll uh, play you out with We Will Share Anecdotes' Movie Boys the mock theme tune Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Movie boys. Movie boys. Movie boys. Movie boys. Movie boys. Motherfucking movie boys. Man, comrades in the van, every day he's a movie boy. Look him in the eye, and you're gonna die. Watch out, they're the movie boys. Are you ready for? Are you ready for? Are you ready for the movie boys? Movie boys, movie boys, motherfucking movie boys. Movie boys, movie boys, motherfucking movie boys. The following program is a product of the gymquisition.com and is made possible by the support of backers on patreon.com.